Hey, what's up? Welcome back to City Boy Rock. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Vincent Trent. And I'm your other host, Trey Takar. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about the quarterback controversy or quote-unquote controversy in Green Bay uh, with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Also, we're going to dive into the uh, NFL over-under predictions for the we're NFC. Also, we're also going to talk about the fifth-year options, uh, most specifically Mitch Trubisky and Leonard Fournette that did not get extended. And we're also going to react to the latest Last Dance episodes. Once again, thank y'all for listening. Um, thank you, guys. 14 episodes in. Yes, we've been going strong. And uh, hope you all stay healthy and uh, take it easy. See ya. Stay safe. What's going on, Shrey? What's good, Vincent? How you been? Uh, chilling. Every day feels the same to me, man. It's just... It's another day, another week. It's turning into months now. I won't be surprised if it turns into years. Yeah. Um, but there are some crazy things we've been taught. We got to talk about. I mean, so the draft happened what last week, almost a week and a half ago. Um, and the shocker of the draft was Jordan Love getting selected by the Green Bay Packers. What number twenty-seven overall? Um, I sure I think you called it, but. There's a lot of controversy going around. I feel like the media has been stirring it up. Um, apparently, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers organization have not been getting along. And I, I think we've been knowing that, but apparently there's reports that Matt LaFleur is tired of Rodgers. And there's even a, a report that Fox News, uh, Fox Sports said that Green Bay sent a message when it drafted Aaron, Jordan Love. It basically said, we run this, not you. There was like a specific test, text message. Um, so how do you think this... Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers controversy is going to affect the Packers in this upcoming season or the future well, in general. I mean, it's going to be awkward, especially this upcoming season is going to be real awkward. I mean, I don't know if Rodgers and uh, the organization have talked since the pick. I mean, we saw him on Pat McAfee's show before the pick was made and he seemed fine. He seemed like he was happy and just chilling, enjoying the quarantine life as much as he could. But I mean, this is going to be really, really awkward because the fact that they traded up four picks to get him and he they got him in the first round, I feel like that's so disrespectful to a guy who has brought you a Super Bowl, who's been carrying the franchise for ever since he's been a starter, basically, because, I mean, they haven't gotten him the best defenses besides that one year they won the Super Bowl. They had, like, a top-10 defense, and they forced a lot of turnovers. But, I mean, we saw last year there could have been a little bit of awkwardness between LeFleur and Rodgers with um, that little controversy with um, him not being able to call audibles and stuff Mm. before preseason started. And eventually he got to do whatever he wanted, obviously, because he is Aaron Rodgers. He should be able to make audibles at the line of scrimmage, like – that's what every great quarterback does. But, yeah, everything seemed f- pretty fine last year. Even if there was this internal friction between LaFleur and Rodgers, the team did a pretty good job of covering it up. I mean, not th- none of this came out until Jordan Love got drafted. So, yeah. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is just going to come out with vengeance. I mean, he always has had a chip on his shoulder. And now the chip just got bigger. Especially against so, the Cowboys. Especially yeah, exactly. Cowboys. <laughs> always always showed up in Jerry World. We'll continue to do that. Unfortunately, I don't think the Packers are playing the 
Cowboys this year in the regular season at least. So I don't know if that'll happen, but it's just it's gonna be awkward. But I feel like they the team and Rogers know that he's not getting traded within the next two years because that will mess up their salary cap a lot. Totally. They're going to have a huge cap hit if they trade him before. I think it was June of 2021. So they're going to have to have him for two more years. I feel like that would be the best anyway because Jordan Love is a project. He's not ready to start right away. Yeah. And Rodgers, he's clearly on the decline. I mean, as much as a lot, like Shrey, you probably don't want to admit it, but, you know, he's ever since, what, 20, that year that they lost to Atlanta, in the championship, I think he's been on the uh, decline. His numbers aren't as up there. I mean, last year we could we could honestly say that Aaron Jones had more of a contribution than Aaron Rodgers did. I'm not like there's no there's an argument to be had there. Um, there's also another crazy uh, stat out there. It was that Aaron Rodgers in his entire I think what is it 15 year career has thrown to one first rounder for a touchdown in his entire career. And it was Mercedes Lewis. That just goes to show you that this the Packers organization they don't care about building around Rodgers. I think they either it's either they don't they don't respect Rodgers or it's that they believe that Rodgers is good enough to win by himself, which he had. Or they believe that they're better at acquiring talent in terms of offensive weapons in later rounds. Yeah, which, well, I mean, hasn't really panned out. Besides Devontae, Devon. I mean, they have panned out. But I mean, Jordy Nelson, he's gone now. I mean, Randall Cobb, they they let him go. Devonte yeah. Adams is really the only like surefire target on the roster right yeah, now. I mean, I feel. the Packers aren't the best at drafting skill positions. They drafted Eddie Lacy. We know how that turned out. Um, I mean, thing about Aaron Rodgers, I th- I think I feel like he just doesn't fit in Green Bay. I mean, you just look at him. You look at his aura. I mean, he's not a small town guy. He's from California. I think it's an awkward fit the entire time, and I think you wouldn't mind playing somewhere with a bigger market because, like, right now, it's just, like, it doesn't fit with Green Bay. And it's been – I mean, it's been 15 years. They made it work. But in the long run, I definitely think Rodgers wants to be in a big market. He looks like – he. I mean, look at him. He's a movie star. He could be a movie star. He's in those thousands of commercials. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Green Bay, the time is, is about to run its course, and I think, you know, Jordan Love – it's Jordan Love's team. I honestly do think that in a couple of years from now, Jordan Love's going to run these run the Packers, and and Aaron Rodgers is going to go somewhere else. What do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, I feel I feel like he's not on the decline. I mean, he hasn't. I the last two seasons, he was he wasn't really healthy. I mean, and last year was considered the year before last, the year he uh, messed up his knee and they didn't go to the playoffs. Um, he threw for four thousand four hundred forty-two yards. Had 25 touchdowns, which isn't the best for Rodgers, and only had two picks. So, I mean, if that's a bad year or, quote-unquote, <laughs> decline year for Rodgers, I mean, I'll take oh, it. Cause last year, he, had, he threw for 4,000, had 26 touchdowns and four picks, and led them to a 13-3 and record. I mean, you can't attribute it all to Aaron Jones. I mean, that defense had to do with it. Rodgers... Made some big plays. In I'm, that not, I'm not saying it's game. all Aaron Jones, but I'm saying this is like the first year Rodgers had a real running game in a long time. You agree yeah. with that? Yeah. It's like and a- he's needed that. And I mean, every quarterback needs that to some extent. Yeah. Like, you need help. Every, nobody's going to win it on, by themselves. And I mean, if he, like, you shouldn't expect 
a guy who's 37 years old to have to carry a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just not feasible. Um, I think he's not going to be throwing like 40 touchdowns a year anymore. I know that for sure. He can get uh, he can get around 30 and just make the big plays when they need to be made. And I believe he can do that. Obviously, he's clutch. We saw that in the playoffs last year. Saw this. Saw S A W S A W. Because it's not coming. He again. did that. It's not coming to get. It's not coming this year. I tell you that. Okay. It's not we'll coming see about this that. year. We'll see. Okay. Hey, that's just disrespectful. You guys see him show up against San Francisco, right? When he can show up against against Forty Niners, I will. I will. When his defense can show up to, against the Forty Niners. Man, let me tell you. Was, His defense never shows up in NFC Championship games, and you know that. I do know that. That's very true. But come on, man. Rodgers did blow a 16-point lead against Seattle back in 2014. Yeah. That wasn't – And someone couldn't catch an onside kick. Yeah, well, we could We could all – yeah. Well, okay. And someone just took a knee after they got a, their third pick. <laughs> it was fourth pick. For some it was the fourth pick. They, the defense yeah. got him four interceptions, and Rodgers could only muster up 16 points. All I'm saying is instant karma for uh, the Des Bryant catch. That's all I'm about to say. Okay, whatever. Moving on from that, um, we're going to just jump right into the over-unders for the NFL upcoming season. Um, they came out, and we're going to go with the NFCs this week. Next week, we're going to go over the AFCs. So let's jump right into it. We're going to start with the NFC North. Um, first team up, Chicago Bears. They're at a 8.5. Um I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the under. I'm gonna go with eight wins exactly. I'm gonna go the, I'm gonna go eight and eight. I think Trubisky. I think their whole quarterback situation is a mess. Um, Trubisky did not get his fifth fifth year option, which we'll talk about later. Um, but other than that, I mean the team is solid. You look at the defense; they got ballers on there. They got a lot of weapons. I mean, the thing is, they just need somebody to throw the ball who can actually throw the ball and accurately throw the ball. They do get Nick Foles. I don't know if he'll start. I don't know if uh, Trubisky's going to – I don't know how long Trubisky's going to start, but I definitely do think Nick Foles will get the start for some games. And, uh, yeah, I got him going 8-8. Eight and eight. How about you? I also got the under. I got them around seven or eight wins. I mean, I doubt Trubisky is going to win the starting job because you know what Nick Foles be doing. Yeah, he has that Fitz, in these type of situations. Him and Fitzmagic got that same – they got that same ability. Those three crazy yeah. games. Yeah, so, like, I mean, they have a decent team. They don't have the best weapons. I mean, they have, like, 12 tight ends on that roster, but none of them are, like, particularly, like, game-changing. Like, you you overpaid Jeremy Graham, and then you drafted a tight end in the second round, which I don't understand at all. But And they have Trey Burton, so it just – I don't understand. Like, their front office, the way they've been drafting stuff, been – Kind of questionable. I mean, obviously, we know they traded up for Mitch Trubisky when they could have got him at three anyway. God knows why that happened. Um, yeah, that is very true. Um, and, I mean, I don't think they're going to do be, like, really a factor in terms of winning the NFC North. I, uh, their defense kind of fell off last year. And Khalil Mack was non-existent for the most part last year. I mean, we can blame that on Trubisky, and he deserves a lot of blame mm-hmm. for that. But I just think... They're never going to recapture that spark they had two years ago. Um, that first year under Martin. Yeah, Matt the Nagy, double joint yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, we're going to move on to the Detroit Lions. I got them. They have they have a six point five. I'm gonna go. They're probably gonna go either five eleven, six or ten, six and ten. Um, I just think this is a reset year for them. I mean, they got they got a Cuda, but they lost Darius Slay. 
Uh, there, I mean, Matthew Stafford is just. I feel like he hasn't shown up in the big, big moments, and I, I think this can continue. I mean, they're in a tough division. Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago's got a really good defense. I just don't see them winning. Like, I can see them winning one game against Chicago, maybe, because I just don't see them beating the, the, their own division. I can see them going one and five in the division, and uh, yeah, I just got them going six and ten. Yeah, I got the same thing. I mean, uh, they have a tough division to deal with with the Vikings and Packers and Bears in it. Um, I don't really trust Matt Patricia. I mean, he's been there, what, two years, and they haven't really improved. Um, Matt Stafford was obviously not healthy last year, but I don't feel like he's going to make much of a difference this year. Um, Their defense still has a lot of holes in it. I mean, they got Okuda, but lost Slay, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like they have the overall talent to beat any of these teams out for the yeah. NFC. Yeah, and we also heard what Darius Slay about, said about Matt Patricia. You know, uh, some players just don't respect Patricia, and that's not what you want to hear if you're a coach of the NFL. I mean, the coach is there to lead the team, and if the coach has no respect, I think that's a big, big fracture in the team right there. Um Moving on from that, we got the Packers. They're at a nine and a half point spread. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Packers. They're gonna go under. I'm gonna go nine and seven. I just think, despite their draft was probably one of the worst drafts. Um, no weapons for Rodgers. They're definitely gonna. If you look at the, they've got a first place schedule this year too, which is gonna be difficult. Um, I mean, look at last year's team. They were amazing in, in what close game situations, and you can attribute that to Rodgers as much as you want. But you know, sometimes it's just luck. And I just think the Packers are going to have a they're going to show their true colors, which is a nine and seven team. That's what they are. They're a nine seven team, and I think, like I said, the division's tough. Uh, I think this controversy, this quarterback controversy, is going to hold them down this this season. And uh, yeah, nine seven. I got the over. I got them going ten and six or eleven and five. I I mean, you know me, I love Rodgers. I got him coming in with the chip on his shoulder, so I feel like he's going to be a lot better than he was last year. Um, he's going to throw for a lot more touchdowns, I feel, um, and just put more of a burden on, on himself and play a lot better than he did last year. In some, in some of the games, he was just not what you would expect Aaron Rodgers to be last year. I feel like we won't have many of those next year. Um, and I mean, even though they did not have the best draft, um, that defense is pretty young. So I feel like if they improve, they can become a more stout defense instead of a defense that's more dependent on sacks and turnovers. They can, they can just be a better overall defense and that run game, obviously they drafted AJ Dillon. They have, uh, Jamal Williams and they have Aaron Jones. So that 300, three headed monster in the backfield could be something special this year. So I feel like they can be around 10-6 and six or 11-5. I'm taking the over All right, on that. And moving on from that, we're going to go Minnesota Vikings. I have the winning division. Uh, I think they are at a 9. nine they're, they're projected to win nine games. I haven't gone over that. I haven't gone easily over that. I think they're going 11-5. I think they had one of the best drafts. Um, I mean, they got Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is back. Um, Stephon Diggs is out the door, but they replaced him with Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's still there. I mean, their offensive line last year was absolutely dirty. I mean, they can run outside. They're going to run zones on the outside. They're going to run tosses. Dalvin Cook is in shred defenses. We saw that so many times last year. Their defense is a stout defense. Um, 
I, I just think the Vikings are the team that's going to come back with the most chemistry and the most heart and desire. Mike Zimmer is an amazing coach. He's been, he's been pulling this team. He's making this team play over expectations for many years now, and I think the Vikings are going to cruise and win this division at 11-5. Yeah, I got the over for this one, too. They're also my division winner. I got them at 11 wins, and I got them winning a tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they have a great roster from top to bottom. They have players, bro. They have Well, they got players everywhere. They got literally everywhere. Yeah, they got players everywhere. I mean, they lost a lot of secondary players, but they drafted um, Jeff Gladney in the first round, and they beat in the draft and through free agency. Um they traded away Stefan Diggs, but I feel like he was kind of becoming a problem in that locker room. I yeah, mean, especially he was him and Kirk. When they were winning in a playoff game. Yeah, him and Kirk so, were just not getting along. They're not getting the right yeah. page. But, I, mean, I feel like him solid. and Adam Thielen have a good rapport anyway. So yeah, that, sure. that, that'll be good for them. He'll get more targets. Um, he had kind of a down year last year with injuries and stuff. But they drafted Justin Jefferson, so that should – um, strengthen their already pretty good receiving core with um, uh, Rudolph and Irv Smith to pair with that tight end. Man, Rudolph's gonna be a beast if he can. Uh, yeah, if he can stay healthy. Uh, moving on from that, we're going to the NFC East. We'll start off with the Dallas Cowboys. I got them going ten and six. Like they're, they're, I mean, they projected to win nine and a half. I'm going ten and six. I think the Cowboys had knocked the draft out of the park this year. Um, the whole entire Dak Prescott thing that's going on, I feel like that would be their only, you know, downside. I uh, the secondary, I think they beefed up through the draft. You got Trayvon Diggs, um, Reggie Robinson. We still got we picked up Hawkland Dix. I mean, we lost Byron Jones, which uh, is going to be a problem. But I think the Cowboys definitely beefed up the uh, the secondary, and they focused on. And I, I mean, their wide receivers. This wide receiving core is going to be a problem in the NFL. I just, I just hope that Dak is playing, and I hope that he doesn't try to sit out any games. Um, I got him going ten and six. I hope Zeke pops off this year. Uh, and I mean, other than that, I just think the Cowboys already have two easy wins against, or four easy wins against the Giants and the Redskins. Knock mm-hmm. on wood. Knock on wood. Hope, hopefully, Chase Young is in a we'll big problem. Uh, the Cowboys also get the second place schedule, which is a blessing. I mean. Eagles got to go play New Orleans. Oh, I'm no. Y'all got the Vikings, oh, bro. We got the Vikings. Hey, listen. If it's a, if it's a Monday night, y'all got prime time, Kirk. If it's a Monday night game, I'm not scared of it. But any other time, I'll be a little worried. I think the Cowboys. I mean, I just think the draft has got me so excited. I'm not even gonna lie. Like before the draft, I was not expecting much out of this team. I said I saw us lose so many people, and I was like, Cowboys are gonna go seven nine. But for some reason, the Ceedee Lamb draft, I. I feel like I mean he's wearing number eighty eight, so I just hope good things are the good things are coming. Got him ten and six. What about you? Um, I got them going under. Got them going nine and seven or eight and eight. Honestly, <laughs> um, don't have them winning the division. <laughs> I mean, they were the number one offense last year. Like, how much greater can that offense get? With like they already were had the most yards in the league. I don't see how much better they can get. Honestly. And we have that controversy with Dak, so we don't even know if he's going to be starting week one as of now. Yo, I swear um, if Andy Dalton comes in. It could in, be Andy Dalton. It could be the Red Rocket. I'm not even going I'm not even gonna lie to you right now. Like, I'm kind of scared that Dak might leave. I'm not the biggest Dak fan, but if he leaves, I'll be kind of hurt. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, yeah. I've been seeing this man ball out for the past four years. Jerry Payton, man. I don't, 
35 or whatever he's asking for is a little steep. But, um, man, if, if it's Andy Dalton or Dak, just take Dak, bro. Just get Dak. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the defense is going to be enough either, honestly. Um, you guys don't have enough pass rushers. Um, you guys have Demarcus Lawrence, but that's about it. You had a lot of help last year from Robert Quinn that you guys Robert Quinn was a dog. Re- he was a dog. Yeah, and you guys didn't replace that. I mean, you guys got a bunch of old guys in there. Gerald McCoy, Terry, Terry Poe. Poe. Hey, listen. But you guys lost Malik Collins, so I think um, I think uh, that's going to be a big loss for you guys. I feel I mean, like the defense will come up short. Neville Gallimore, Gallimore could be a replacement for uh, Malik Collins. I, th- I mean, I don't know. We'll see how the rookies pan out. I think the Cowboys season is going to depend on how these rookies pan out for them because, I mean, they're going to be playing starting roles like third, fourth round picks are going to be playing starting roles, especially yeah. Tyler Biadas. I mean, he's a center. I he might even start week one. To be honest, we don't know. Um, or it could be Connor. Could Williams. Be, I mean, Connor Williams. Uh, I don't even know how I feel about him. It's been it's been a couple of years. He hasn't played particularly well, but hopefully he can progress. Um, Trayvon Diggs is going to be one of the most important drafts draft picks we had. If he can play the potential, like how he played in college or how he's projected to play in the NFL, that would be great. I just hope because, I mean, he's going to get thrown to the fire right away, which I'm kind of scared of. So we don't have much time to groom these players because we need them now. We need them to win now. I think that's what Jerry built this team was to win now and to get the most stacked team. And we'll see. We'll see how they pan out. Uh, Moving on from that, we're going to the New York Giants. They are projected six and a half wins. I got them going uh, under. I just think they did get the third place schedule. The Redskins somehow got the fourth place schedule because you know the, the Redskins won the battle of the tank. Uh, I think the Giants. I think Daniel Jones. I mean, they they did beef up the offensive line. I just it all depends on how Daniel Jones progresses. He's gonna have to hold. He's not gonna have to. Um, he's gonna have to hold on to the ball better. He's been. I think he was like what the the, the most fumbled quarterback or something. Yeah, he, he fumbled, fumbled the, the most. I just don't see the Giants just not this year. This is not this is not the year for them. I mean, they drafted was Andrew Thomas. That was yeah. a good selection. Um, I mean McKinney. They did get they get they got Xavier McKinney, which I'm one of the Cowboys to draft. Their secondaries, I mean, I just I mean, just look at the team. I they I I'm not scared of them at all. <laughs> just yeah, they got James Bradbury. But I mean Evan Ingram. I mean, he's not gonna uh, change everything on that in that secondary. There's still a lot of holes they need. Lots so. and lots of holes. Evan Ingram I don't know if he can stay healthy. Um, Saquon yeah. is literally – he's either running for negative four yards or a 45-yard gain. So that's – I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a rough year for the Giants, I feel like, yeah. especially in the NFC East when you got the Eagles coming back full strength. Um, the Redskins beefed up their front seven. I don't know if that – I don't know if the Giants can handle that. Yeah, I got them going under yeah. too. Um, I just feel they don't have that enough playmakers on offense either. Um, I feel like they needed to get Daniel Jones some more weapons, some more explosive weapons. They haven't got him that. I mean, you have Evan Ingram, but he's very injury prone, so we don't know how many games he's going to play every year. And that defense still has a lot of glaring holes. So, I mean, they beefed up the offense line, which is good, but I think they'll be around six, five or six wins. I'll, I'm taking the All right, moving on from that, we got the Redskins, five and a half, the projected five and a half wins. I got them going easily over. Um, they, got Ron, they got Ron Rivera. They got Chase Young. Their front seven is it's going to be a problem in the NFL. They're going to be upper half, probably like top ten front seven. They're going to be 
I think in rush, I don't, I don't think many teams can run against the Redskins. I'm not even gonna be honest. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, the Redskins, the last year they were already good. They added Chase Young to that. Ron Rivera is a defensive coach. Adding all to so to add all that up, they also have a fourth place schedule. I mean, I got the Redskins going seven and nine, six and ten. I think they're gonna be drastically improved, like better. Chase, um, Dwayne Haskins, I think he's gonna take a step forward. He's gonna play really well. Um, Terry McLaurin, he's gonna progress too. I mean. The Redskins are they're going to improve. Ron Rivera is an excellent coach. They're not going to be, you know, held down by the coaching of Jay Gruden. So, yeah, Redskins yeah, are going to be easily one of the most improved teams for sure. I think they're going six and ten, seven and eleven, seven and nine easily. Yeah, I got the over. Also, um, you bring in a coach who's had a winning pedigree in Ron Rivera. Um, the whole like coaching staff has changed. They've all come from. Ron Rivera roots, so I feel like that would be a good culture change overall for the Redskins. And obviously, we drafted Chase Young, got a couple of weapons on offense. Um, the front four is going to be a problem because that rotation, that D line rotation with Ionitis, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, yeah, they're going to be from um, Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, and Montez Sweat. That's going to be something to deal with, and hopefully, that can help us in the secondary too because. Our corners, who aren't the best, um, won't have to cover for as long. So hopefully that will help out overall with the defense and stuff. And, I mean, I'm expecting Dwayne Haskins to improve. I mean, last year was um, up, a little up and down for him, but we saw the improvement at the end of the year. So hopefully he can continue that along with the rest of the offense, which is very young. So I'm, I got them at around six or seven wins. All right, finally in the NFC East, we get the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, as you know, as much as I I hammered on the draft class, I think they're gonna win this division. As much as I hate to say it, I think they're going eleven and five. They're projected at um, nine and a half. I think. Yeah, projected at nine and a half wins. I got them going easily over. I mean, in the NFC East, especially, there's three new coaches: Cowboys, Redskins, Giants. They all got new coaches. This whole coronavirus thing means they're not going to be able to learn the system as much as in person. I mean, everything's going to be online. The Eagles are coming back with Doug Peterson. They're going to understand the system. They're going to know how to play within the system. And I think Wentz is going to come out and ball out this year. I mean, I know he got weapons this year. If they can stay healthy, they're going to be very, very good, very hard to stop. Yeah. Um, they beefed up their secondary, which was a big, big problem with last year. They got Darius Slay there. Um, I mean – I think the Eagles for sure. A lot of people were sleeping after this draft, but you guys got to understand, they're a good team. Their front seven is top five in the NFL. Yeah, and they're good at drafting. They're really good at drafting. Um, Jalen Rager is going to be a stud in this league. And, I mean, I just don't see them. I mean, they're – the Cowboys, they could literally easily sweep this division. I'm not even going to lie. Like, besides the Cowboys, they might split a game, but the Redskins, Giants, that's probably like four guaranteed wins right there. Um. I just think the Eagles are going to win this division, as much as I hate to say it. Eleven and five. Yeah, I got them. I got them with the over. I mean, that combination of Jalen Rieger and Deshaun Jackson on the outside, if they can stay healthy, is going to be pretty yeah, dangerous. Um, I think. I mean, they have the best coach in the division, mm-hmm. um, and obviously they're the only team with a returning coach, so they're going to have a lot of continuity. And I mean, we saw what Wentz did with basically no one last year and now he's going to have his weapons back and he's going to have some more speed on that offense so that's obviously going to help hopefully he can stay healthy and 
think they'll end up winning the division. Yeah, like easily. You said. Got the uh, moving on from that. We're going to go to NFC South. Starting with the Atlanta Falcons. They're projected at seven and a half wins. I got them going slightly over around eight and eight. Um, their division is going to be tough. All, every single team in here is going to be much better, much dress, more drastically improved. The Saints, Buccaneers are going to be tough to play. Um, and I just think the Falcons, I think their team is, they're a solid, solid team. Um, best, like they said, second best wide receiver, quarterback combo, Matt Ryan, Julio. Um, they got Todd Gurley. I don't know how he'll, we'll see how he plays. I just think their division's tough and I got him going eight and eight. Uh, I got the under for them. I mean, it's not because of their team, because they do have a really good team. I feel they have a pretty good roster that's good enough to get to the playoffs. But I feel like you're in a division with three other teams that have lots of talent. Like, even the Panthers. Mm. I mean, their their offensive talent is pretty scary if you look at it. They got McCaffrey. They got uh, Robbie Anderson. They have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. And they drafted all defense. So, I mean, it's just going to be a really tough division to be in with – all those other teams that are really good, and you're obviously in a tougher conference yeah. in the NFC. So it's, I feel like it's just going to be hard for them to find wins. So I feel like they'll be around seven and nine or six and ten. Yeah, I've been saying that the Falcons are probably one of the best, worst teams in the NFL. If you really think about, it. I mean, they're a really good team. Yeah. They just can't win games. We don't know why. I mean, they're, they they have the quarterback, they have the receivers, their defense is solid. They just can't figure out. I mean, they beat the Eagles last year. That was off the. Of, Aguilar drop, but I mean they did beat uh, the Eagles team, which was healthy at the time. So I mean they're going to be a they're going to be a decent team. That's all I'm going to say. They also kind of overdrafted AJ Terrell, yeah. so I don't know. Their secondary is going to struggle next year in a division with Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for their defense to get stops. They also lost Vic Beasley. So moving on from that, we got the Carolina Panthers. They're at five and a half wins, which I think is way too low for them. I think they're going to drastically improve. Um, I got them going seven, nine, six, and ten. I mean, Matt Rule's going to be in there. You, got you locked in McCaffrey, and Teddy Bridgewater is down the team, and I think he's going to bring those. Because I think last year the team was solid. Last after what Kyle Allen was taking them to what they were five and three at one point. Yeah, five and three at one point, and if you put in throwing Teddy Bridgewater, that's a, that's another two three wins. Um, yeah, simple as that. I just think the quarterback. I mean, their team was solid last year. They had a really good team. Um, defensively, they're not as good as they were in twenty fifteen, but I mean, they're still really good offensively. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, McCaffrey. Now you throw in Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, this team's gonna be solid. I think they're going to – I mean, NFC South is probably one of the best divisions in football right now with the NFC West. Yeah. I also I also got the over. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, wherever he's gone, he's been a winner. Yeah. Um, he won – he was undefeated as a backup last year um, when he started. So, he just brings a winning attitude to that team. I mean, they have a lot of good weapons on that team also. So, he will have enough help. Um I mean, you got the best security blanket out of the backfield in the league in McCaffrey, and then you can line him line him up in the slot with three really, really good young receivers. Um, this team's going to be pretty uh, scary. Like you, you, you can't go to sleep against this team. You're going to have to come out and play really well to beat this team. They're going to be like 
I feel like they're going to be like a Broncos type vibe from last year. They're going to be like one of the better like teams with that doesn't have a record that's over 500 because of just the competition they have to mm-hmm. face within their own division and within their own within their own conference. But I believe they'll be pretty good and they obviously they beefed up that defense in the draft. So I got them around 7. Minutes. I mean, just imagine this guys, you're playing two of the best I mean, in my opinion, two of the great, two of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time, twice a year, in the NFC South. That's just that's just a hard task. Um, moving yeah. on from that, we're going to go from New Orleans Saints. They're projected at ten wins. I think they're going to go exactly that. There, I think they're going to go ten and six. Um, they're returning. Drew Brees is a year older. You got to know that. Um, Michael Thomas is back. I mean, the thing about the Saints is like they always start off hot, but for some reason, like towards the end of the year, they just had they just hit the stump, and then they just struggle offensively for the rest of the year. Yeah. That's exactly what we saw for the past two years. Uh, two years ago, it was against the Cowboys that random thirteen ten game. I mean, the Saints always start off hot, and then for some reason, the defense just start figuring them out towards the end of the year. And I think this year, especially in the division with Tom Brady, that's not no no more guaranteed wins against Jameis Winston. I mean, they lost to Jameis Winston last year, so. Um, it's going to be a very, very interesting division. Uh, I got them going ten and six. I have them slightly winning this division over the Buccaneers. Um, and yeah, ten and six. Yeah. Uh, I got the under for the Saints. Um, I've kind of just, I, I'm kind of done with the Saints, honestly. Um, yes, they're like, yeah, they've they've failed miserably the last three times in the playoffs. I mean, I'm starting just to, like. Teams have figured them out. They're pretty much a one-trick pony on offense, honestly. Like, they're predictable offense. Yeah, feel. it's basically if you can stop um, Michael Thomas tonight. It's basically the whole – Yeah, exactly. But they did get um, they Emmanuel did, yeah. Sanders. Um, so. I think Camaro, I mean, he's taking a step back too. I mean, two years ago, he was he was a, a stud. stud. I mean, last year, he wasn't horrible. But teams definitely figured out Camaro. He can't run. He's not a – He's not a strip run up the middle type of running back. You can wear him yeah, down. Yeah, he's not a workhorse. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Leonard Fournette on the table for the Saints. Just saying. Yeah, I just feel like um, obviously they are in a division that's very competitive. Um, and I just feel like th- this team is kind of running its course. We're seeing like the end of the Saints. The I Saints, feel. mini dynasty. They're, 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 they're yeah. two should have been Super Bowl appearances and they're uh, last year's lost to Kirk. So, yeah, like it's like how many times are you gonna lose? Like I don't that, know, you're you the know, favorite until you're just, just yeah. done. Um, finally, moving on, we got Tampa Bay team of the off season. Everybody's been talking about them. They're projected at nine wins. I think this is they're gonna go over this easily. Uh, I'm going ten and six for the Buccaneers. Um, the only problem I have, everybody knows their off season moves. The, I think the only thing that's holding them back is their chemistry. We don't know how Brady's going to fit within Bruce Arians' system. Gronk is going to be there. He's playing with O.J. Howard. But other than that, I think by, like, week three or four, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to go on a roll. And they're probably going to go five or six straight wins. And, I mean, they got they got to play some teams this year. They got they got to play Aaron Rodgers um, in Green Bay. They got to play – I think it's Kansas City, right? They play Mahomes. Yeah, they're playing with Kansas City. Yeah, so, they play Mahomes. I mean – they're playing AFC West, West. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they got some rough games, but I think ultimately they're going to pull out Brady's and Gronk and Mike Evans, and these weapons are just going to be overpowered, and and uh, and you're going to see it 
ten and six for the Tampa Bay. Yeah, I got the over too. I got them around eleven or twelve wins. I honestly, I'm so sold on this <laughs> team. Um, their offense is going to be absolutely unstoppable. I mean, they kept OJ. Yeah, I don't know why. I see that. This is like have, that's insane. I mean, they could still trade him. Maybe if they need like a like a guy on defense, like a, another corner or something, they could find a way to flip OJ Howard for that, or maybe another like pass rusher or something. They could find a way to flip him. I mean, this team. Uh, is looking scary. I mean, they have a defensive genius in Todd Bowles as Todd a Bowles defensive is a coordinator. Sol- so. As much as he's a bad coach, yeah. he's a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah, and they got Antoine Winfield Jr., who is a playmaker on defense. That's the that's my only um, question with them. Their secondary is a little suspect. We'll see how they we'll see how yeah. they turn out. But like the weapons are all there. Um, they have a pretty good um, front seven. I mean, they have Levante David, Shaq Barrett. Who came out of nowhere mm. last year? JPP. Mm. They re-signed Indomitian Sue. So, I mean, ho- hopefully they can keep up what they've done on the defensive end as of like the last few, last like six or seven weeks of last season, and coupled with an offense that's not going to turn over the ball as much <laughs> as they did last times. year. Um, I think they're going to hammer the over. They got this division. Uh, all right, moving on from that, we got the NFC West. We got the Arizona Cardinals. They're projected at seven and a half wins. I got them going exactly at eight and eight, just slightly above their over. Um, I mean, I think the addition of um, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray. We haven't seen him play, but I think they're going to be dangerous. Cliff Kingsbury's back with another year in the NFL, a year under his belt. So now he's going to really figure out the league. And I think he's a. I mean, we saw his, we saw his house during draft night. I mean, let's look at him. He looks like an evil genius. He has some. Some plans. He looks like a party boy. I mean, this dude, he's gonna see, we're going to see some tricks up his sleeve. He didn't remind me of, like, a young Sean Payne. That's why we're going to see how Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray has got another year under his belt. He's going to be good. He was, he was really good last year. Uh, they did get DeAndre Hopkins. And on defense, I think they drafted Isaiah Simmons, right? Isaiah. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. – they're taking a step, big step forward, and they're going to need to compete in the NFC West because that that division is even more loaded. So, I got them going yeah. eight and eight. I got them um, with the under. I mean, they did improve. Obviously, I got them around six wins, um, but I don't think it's drastic enough to get them to five hundred. They still got a lot of holes on that team. They still need to improve the secondary a little. Besides Patrick mm. Peterson and Buda Baker. Um, and we are – I'm not sure if their offensive line is that much improved from last year. And Kyler Murray got sacked a yeah, lot, and he's a running quarterback. So that just gives you a little more cause for concern. Um, the DeAndre Hopkins move was great, obviously, because they have Kenyon Drake, and they didn't need David Johnson, obviously. He was just wasting cap space for them. So DeAndre Hopkins was a great addition, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them over – 500 or at 500. All right. The division's just yeah. too good. Uh, moving on from that, we got the LA Rams. They're predicted at nine wins. Crazy to me. I'm ta- I'm th- they're taking a big step backwards. I got them going six and ten, seven and nine. I mean, they just lost everybody. They lost Todd Gurley. I mean, these pieces weren't even that good, to be honest. They lost Brandon Cooks. They lost Todd Gurley. Um, I think the NFL has figured out Sean. Michael Brockers. Clay, Ma- I don't know. Yeah, Clay Matthews, too. I mean, whatever he, whatever he was worth. This team, I feel like it was built all on star power, and I think we're all we're now starting to see the effects of it. 
um, once these stars get hurt and they're just not viable anymore, I mean, this team just doesn't work. I think a lot of people figured out Sean McVay's tricks. Those fake punts, they're mm-hmm. not working no more, buddy. Like, just try something else. Um, Jared Goff, you know, he's not number one pick worthy. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. He's not number one pick worthy. Um, I have very little faith in, in, the, for, in the Rams. I mean, I just haven't taken a big step backwards, six and ten. And especially in a tough division like that, with the 49ers, who are still solid, Cardinals, who got much better, and I think the Seahawks got a little bit, a little bit better too. I think they're going six and ten. Yeah, I got them under also. Um, they lost a lot of star power. They're a very top-heavy team. And obviously all the reasons you said. So I got them going with the under. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, we got the 49ers. They're projected at 10.5 wins. I got them going 10-6. and six. I, don't, I don't think they'll be as dominant as they were last year. I think teams are starting to figure out how to play against Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, stack the box, make force Jimmy to throw the ball. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. We saw him not be able to complete that that bomb that would have sailed the, that sealed the game in the fourth quarter. Um, I haven't taken a step back. I think their defense is elite, top five in the NFL. Um, they had a very very good draft, and you know I just think. I mean, how much can you? How much? I want to see how little Jimmy Garoppolo can throw the ball with winning the game. I, th- I mean, I think. They're going to force Garoppolo through a lot more, especially in this division. Um, I'm going nine and seven or ten and six. I got the over. I think they're going to win this conference again, mm. or no, win the uh, record wise. They're going to be the number one seed. I don't think they're going to win the conference, but yeah, they're going to be the number one seed in the conference. I got them winning around twelve to thirteen games. Jeez, um, I feel like Man. they improved. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> okay. I feel like they improved. Um, they traded for Trent, Trent Williams. Yeah, Trent, um, yeah. Their offensive line was um, a little unhealthy last year, so um, they kind of took a step back towards the middle of the season. That was when they were losing. That's that's when they lost to the Ravens and stuff. So I mean, if their offensive line can stay healthy, they're going to be really good. It doesn't matter if teams have quote unquote figured out Jimmy Garoppolo. They're just going to run it down your throat, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Because their line is something special, I feel like with the addition of Trent Williams, that that's the reason I went over. I feel yeah. like he gives them mm. a very very solid left tackle. Um, I mean, Joe Staley was good, but um, he was obviously getting up there in age, so I feel like his play was declining a little. But if this line can stay healthy and the running backs, they have they have uh, Jarek McKinnon who's going to come back, three headed monster. And they have uh, Raheem Mostert, obviously. They, they lost and, Brita. Um, yeah, they did lose Brita, but they have Tevin Coleman. Yeah, so, and they drafted Brandon Ayuk, um, I believe. Yeah. So they're going to be good. Um, Debo Samuel is going to improve. Was really good last year. Um, Kendrick Bourne. They have a real, lots of young talent on that roster. And they will feel the loss of DeForest Buckner a little on defense. But I feel like that defense as a unit, if they can stay healthy, they can make up for that loss because they weren't healthy all of last season. They're still really good. So I, I'm taking the over on them. Finally, the last team, we got the Seattle Seahawks. They're projected at nine wins. Nine wins. I haven't gone over. I haven't gone 11 and 5, 10 and 6. Um, I mean, I, Stray knows me. Come on. Stray knows I love DK. Stray knows I love Russell Wilson. And I'll tell you right now, 
I just have a very gut feeling the Legion of Boom is back. And I know they didn't draft very well, but I mean, they got studs on defense. Bobby Wagner is still there. Um, I mean, the Griffin twins are still there. They're going to be solid. They're going to get better. But I got to talk about DK Metcalf. I'm telling you right now, this guy right here, DK Metcalf, he is going oh, to he be, gonna be a dirty. dirty dog in this league, bro. I'm telling you right now, you are not stopping this dude. The size, oh, my God, he's big. He was going to snatch the ball. We saw it last year against the Eagles. We saw a star in the making right there. He was, I mean, against the Eagles secondary, we know it was not that great. But, man, he was torching them, boys. I think him and Russell Wilson are going to develop more chemistry. And they're just going to dominate this league, bro. They're going to dominate. I mean, what? Who's going to lock them up in this division? Nobody's locking up DK. I don't see anybody. Yeah. I mean, what, Richard Sherman slow? No, you know, he's not locking nobody. Um, so, yeah, I got him going 11-5 just because of that. Uh, and the running backs were very solid, too. The thing is, mm-hmm. I didn't think they improved their offensive line. That's going to be their biggest issue facing. They're going. To, that's the biggest challenge facing facing this year. And they lost. I think they lost Ifedi. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. their offensive line is going to be a problem. They didn't draft any offensive line, which was very, very. They didn't draft many, um, which is very confusing to me. I think they. But I just, I just have faith in Russell Wilson, man. I think he's going to be him and Mahomes in the Super Bowl this year is going to be fireworks if that happens. If it does yeah. happen, but yeah, I got the Seahawks. They're, Seahawks probably my second favorite team after the Cowboys. I'm not even gonna lie, man. I just like the Seahawks. I got I got them going with I got the over two because of two words, Russell Wilson. That's all I'm gonna yeah, say. Literally. I got that's the all over. you need that's all you really Russell need Wilson. to say, man. That's all you really need to say. Um but yeah. So that's gonna wrap it up out for our predictions. I'm gonna post a picture of our my records and everything um later on Twitter, at City Boy Rock Pod. Um but yeah. So moving on from that, I'm gonna jump right into the last dance. Last night, I think my two favorite episodes, um, episodes five and six. Yeah, those were some really, really interesting episodes. Yeah, very interesting episodes. Episode five had, like, so many storylines. You had Kobe in there. Isaiah was in there. Yeah. And then the actual Olympics the, in there. The shoe. The Nike. The yeah, shoe you had everything in there. I'm, and then the book. The oh, Jordan yeah, and then the Jordan Rules book. book. All came out in one episode. I mean, it's just crazy to me. That he's, like, Nike. It's because... We were born in a time when Nike was already the figure, like the number one sports brand in America, especially. And now, I mean, to see that Jordan single-handedly was the reason why Nike shot up like that, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me, honestly. One man literally changed the entire face of sport, sports, wear, athletic, athletic leisure and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Kobe Bryant. Well, Shrey, you can talk more about this. Shrey, go ahead. Talk about the Kobe section. I, I I it was just amazing how I I was listening to something with the director talking about the whole interview process with Kobe and stuff. Um that was originally how that episode was going to be like run. Kobe was the Kobe and Michael were like the first topic of that episode before before obviously he unfortunately passed away. Like that was how it was set up. So I just thought it was perfect the way <laughs> They like set everything up. Started with, with in loving memory of Kobe Bryant and just the way he talked about Michael. It was just it was just heartbreaking to see that he won't be here and wasn't able to see the yeah. whole um, documentary. Obviously, just so heartbreaking seeing him tear up talking about Michael Jordan and how close they were. And I don't think people realize how close they were. They were they were like two peas in a pod. They were the same 
They had the same mentality. And Michael did not really give advice to anyone until Kobe came along. Like, he knew that Kobe had the drive, which is why he passed on the advice to Kobe. And, And that's what Kobe wanted to do with everyone. That's what he was doing in the Mamba Academy. He wanted to do what Jordan did and for like, him like for Kobe said, next there generation was no MJ, of There would be players, no Kobe. So. I mean, they're linked together forever. And I, honestly, like, I don't think Kobe had many friends um, in the league. But when he, the, the friend that he did have was Michael Jordan. And I'm telling you, I feel like any, if any other player would call Kobe up just randomly, Jordan would just – or call – if any other player besides Kobe called up Jordan, he would just, you know, blow him aside. It's whatever. But for Kobe, I think Jordan actually took time out of his day, talked to him, groomed him, and made sure he took care of him because literally that was a mirror image that he was looking at. It was just looking at a younger self, and it's really sad that Kobe's not here anymore. Um, The scene that really got me was when they were in the East, the locker room for the All-Star game, and then uh, you had all the All-Stars talking about that one Laker boy, which is Kobe, that little Laker boy, yeah, at the time. That little Laker boy. Talking about He's going to take everybody one-on-one, which is so crazy because that was literally what he did his entire career. So it was just crazy. Great to see that. And uh, I'm really glad the last dance really, you know, showed this. Yeah, I really um, wish you got to see that. Moving on from that, we're going to go talk about, you know, the pressures of that Michael Jordan faced in the last dance. I mean, you saw it. He was on a breaking point, especially towards the end of his uh, career. I mean, he was getting hammered. Like he said, they were just building him up just to tear him down. He was at the top of the world, but he said, like that one interview he said, he was like, I don't think many people know how it is to be like Michael Jordan for like a year. I mean, especially nowadays with social media, I don't know if Michael Jordan could handle it, man. The spotlight today is so much greater than it was in the 90s. And I mean, that just goes to show you like, not every person wants to be, you know, be like Mike. It's it's a hard lifestyle. Be like and, Mike. Uh, Michael Jordan really emphasized that. And I'm glad we saw how crazy his day was. I mean, he literally, the only break he had was going in the hotel room. Because as the soon as step foot out of there, he's going to do yeah. some, He's always in front of the spotlight. So, yeah, it is crazy. I feel like you think social so? media would have actually helped him, honestly. Yeah, because... Back then, the only time you got to saw Jordan was when he walked out. You couldn't see him like you see LeBron and stuff. LeBron and all these athletes now. You can see them yeah, on Twitter. True. You can interact with them on Twitter. They answer questions sometimes. But at that time, there was none of that. So the only time you could see at their all hotel, these huge yeah. athletes was when they were when you could see them. Yeah, at their hotel, walking out of their hotel or walking out of the arena. That's the only time you can see them. There was no like, oh yeah, we can see we can watch his interview. Right after the game on YouTube, I, this crazy. and that. I mean, you like, couldn't do that back then. You see all these athletes, but, like, Jordan was, like, a superstar. It felt, it felt like he was – yeah, it felt like he was godly. It felt it like he felt was, like he was godly, like, bro. He would walk out of the hotel, and you would have lines of people watching him get onto the bus. That's all. He's not going to shake your hand. He's not going to take pictures like of you. He's Jesus. literally going to walk up to the bus, and people are, like, hoarding outside his bus. And, I mean – Yes. You saw people in the parking lot, in the parking garage of the yeah, Atlanta, across the, um, across the Georgia across Dome, the street. Like it was they, not close. It was a pretty they, like you wouldn't see like Jordan right in front of you. It was pretty far, and I mean, people were just crowded around just to see him walk on the bus. It's like 
they were playing a game, a basketball game yeah. in and a I football stadium just because of Jordan. Man. That's when you know people were 100 yards That's away insane. from the court and still came to watch. That's when you know he had that much of an impact on the 90s like, and I basketball I don't, and I don't the know world. What, like LeBron As goes through every day, but I, there's no way he goes through the same thing that Michael Jordan has been through. I mean, the stuff that I've seen, I've, I don't think I've ever seen like in the NBA today, especially today. I mean, like you said, maybe it's the social media because maybe people can just look on Twitter and see a picture of them walking down the hallway or the tunnel and they're like, oh, okay, that's all you need to see. But I mean, Jordan was like, he was literally, he was literally Jesus. I mean, this man had people holding their babies, you know, like, it's naming their babies after him. People naming their babies after him. And yeah, I think Jordan's, this episode really, or these two episodes really emphasize Jordan's cultural impact in the world. I mean, he made the world, the game global. Mm -hmm. That 92 Dream Team, um, I mean, that team. And he, 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 that team was something else, bro. Like, I, the, I oh, yeah. The, the practice footage, that, that was crazy. Like, you saw him just take Magic. over against yeah. the great, the greats of the, the NBA. Those, you had Magic, Bird, Barkley, Malone, all of them in one practice, one game. And he just took over and showed them, you ain't messing with me. Like, Magic ticked him off, and it was like, nah, nah, this ain't happening. I'm, I'm going to show you yeah. guys who, who's the best in the world. And he did that. And that's when everyone was like, okay, yeah, like this dude's <laughs> yeah, better man. than all of us. Like, he's something else. Yeah. Um, like, Magic also, said that. For all these Isaiah Thomas people out there, yo, just shut up, bro. Like, listen, at the time, Magic didn't like him. Bird didn't like him. Jordan didn't like him, and Pippen didn't like him. Why would you add – there's four people on the team who don't like Isaiah. If you throw him on the dream team, I'm pretty sure the camaraderie is not there. It's going to be a lot more difficult. I mean, like I said, Jordan said he had nothing to do with it. I don't know if I believe that, but, um, I mean, yeah. For people saying – I know Isaiah did might meet the criteria, but, I mean, people just give it a break, man. Like, it's been, what, 12? Yeah. Yeah. It's not it was it was definitely not just Jordan. So you can't put the blame solely on Jordan. Like Magic didn't get along with him, Bird didn't get along with him. Those were two of the other pantheon greats in the league at that time. So you really couldn't argue with yeah. argue for Isaiah being on that team. Yeah. Um besides that, I mean, anybody else you got anything else to say? I mean I just thought for the people who the last thing I'm going to say about yesterday's episodes were, I mean, people were, like, criticizing him for, like, gambling and stuff and drinking and this and that. But, like, he was – he always showed up when it mattered. Like, he never shortchanged the game. So, I don't, feel, I don't think that people should be criticizing what athletes do off the court if they show up when it matters. And he did it every single time. He, he told you that he was going to – bring his full 100% into each and every game, each and every practice. So I feel like people shouldn't be criticizing him for that or any other athlete. Literally. As long like, as they're they not, they're not asking, asking to be an activist. Jordan's not asking to be a politician. He's there to play basketball. And I don't think you should judge him based on whatever he believes in. I mean, it's his life. He's literally here to play basketball. That's, his, that's what he said. He said he only wanted to become a basketball player. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's all, all respect to him. He can do whatever he wants. It's his life. Yeah, because when you talk politics, there's no way there there's no way you can say anything and like everyone's gonna think you're right. 
you're gonna have so many people um hating on you for what you say if it, when it comes to yeah. politics because that's just how politics is so you can't you like you couldn't expect him to do that like i i i wouldn't have been mad yeah. at him if he if i were in that time and he didn't say anything about um the black senator that was up or lecture yeah he yeah. was up for, uh, um, yeah, I mean, um, he chose to neutral, which is fine. I mean, I don't think people should harp on that. I think it's because they had nothing else to go after him for. So I think that was just something to pick on. So, yeah. yeah. And with that, I think this is going to wrap up the episode. Um, I've, yeah. Didn't get to touch on the fifth year options. Yeah, but we don't really I say much. We'll just touch I mean, on that I think next week. The, um, we'll probably have less yeah, to Mr. talk to. doesn't deserve it. That's what we're going to, that's basically what we're going to say. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening. Yeah. It's a tough time. Thank you, guys. Y'all stay. Yet again. Yeah, stay inside. Doesn't look like it's going to get any better soon. Outside. I mean, bro, people are crazy. We live in near D.C., so, like, we saw this huge crowd at the National Mall. Bunch of idiots. I mean, just stay inside, bro. Like, we want this to end, and the only way this is going to end is, is if y'all just stay yeah. inside, man. Just it's be like, smart. It's like in uh, elementary school when teacher said, you can go outside for recess if y'all behave. Like, nobody's behaving. Like, we're not going outside for recess. Y'all just got to stay inside and, yeah, man, stay inside. Exactly. Thank you all for listening once again. Stay healthy, wash your hands, and let's wrap up the episode. Thank you.